Howdy, and welcome to another Destiny 2 Roundup. I'm your host, Neutron, a.k.a. less sexy sounding than Silas. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Last time you heard from me, I did a quick recap of the community puzzle and the quarters of time. And after six days of spreadsheet crunching, thousands of puzzle pieces submitted by the community, hundreds of hours spent by the core group compiling data, and finally solving the final puzzle in the quarters of time to only learn that the reward was an exotic quest to obtain Bastion, a primary exotic slug fusion rifle that we already knew was coming on January 28th. I understand why many players in the community were upset, they were frustrated, they were hoping this massive puzzle was going to bring a secret weapon, you know, something we haven't seen before, or a favorite from Destiny 1. I mean, nothing against Bastion. It is a fun weapon to use in PvP. Uh, I mean, you can easily one-shot Guardians out of a super. And you might be able to take two to three Guardians, you know, in one burst. But this is a roadmap weapon. Uh, it took me approximately an hour and a half uh, to complete the exotic quest. I think it might have been better to not know this weapon was on the roadmap. To make this a bit of a mystery. But then again, data miners would have ruined the surprise as well. And it's just a fine line that Bungie is going to continue uh, to walk on as they figure out, you know, seasonal content drops. Do they share everything and become transparent like the community has asked, you know, in previous seasons? Or should they just keep some stuff secret? But the problem is some some players might think that the season doesn't have enough content to even go back and play it or to buy it. Well, it's over anyways. If you did have a chance to run quarters of time and enter the 30 symbol code, you do learn that the tomb at the end is actually your guardian's final resting place. And you hear the following from Saint-14. Thank you for coming. We've gathered here today to celebrate the life of my mentor, my inspiration. Hero of the Red Wall. The man who avenged Gate 6. He had a hundred times, I cannot recall. And he died doing what he does best, defending the last city of humanity. Age saved my life, and then inspired me to save myself. I am glad that he did, because travel held us. He is gone. And there is no one to save us now. On the day we met, I decided I would follow his example. I'm still trying. I've marked this grave with one of his favorite weapons, shattered in that final confrontation. It used to be mine. All 
I wonder if our actions in the corridors of time altered our timeline. I just hope the answer is not sacrificing Saint-14 at the end of the season. He loves barbs, come on. But what other stuff happened in January? The dawning ended on January 14th. I wasn't able to obtain a god roll on the new SMG, the cold front, nor did I complete the triumphs or the sparrow quest. But man, did I take advantage of that double XP on the downing bounties. On January 7th, Legend Sundial was made available, and another roadmap weapon, Devil's Ruin, it's an exotic sidearm, was available to chase. Even though the exotic quest itself was a dud, this sidearm will knock your socks off. Basically shoots a freaking energy beam, a freaking laser, when charged. It takes approximately 30 minutes or so to finish the quest. If you haven't started it, it's a great addition to your arsenal. And yes, there was a second Iron Banner last week. And yes, I ignored it. Even though Bungie auto-completed the step that required rocket launcher kills, I felt burnt out from the first one. Iron Banner is still a good source if you're chasing Pinnacle Engrams to reach that 970 base power, but they, need it, they really need to change it up. On January 28th, Bungie released update 2.7.1, and the only fix that really matters, it's adjusting the scope feedback and the camera shake on hard light. That's all that matters. Just kidding. Just kidding. There are plenty of more fixes, so get ready for the imaginary wall of text. Here we go. Patch updates actually go through several things. There's changes to certain activities, the Pit of Heresy, Garden of Salvation, uh, Nightfall the Ordeal. There was changes to the Director, and some changes to rewards for weapons, armors, power and progression, some changes to combat, some of the gameplay, some of the bounties and pursuits. And a few other general items, you know, quality of life stuff. And we'll go right through them. Some of the changes that came to Pit of Heresy, some improved performance issues in the Chamber of Suffering encounter that could reduce frame rates. There was a fixed, they fixed an issue where players could die when transitioning from the Necropolis encounter to the Tunnels of Despair. They also fixed an issue where players could get out of the environment in the Tunnels of Despair. The changes in Guardian of Salvation, there's also performance uh, improvement uh, that could occur when chunks of land return or removed during a sanctified mine encounter. Improve the visual indication for whether a tether source hub is on or off. Wow, that's actually really, really good. <laughs> Added text notification when a Vex sacrifices on a relay. Oh, that's another nice change. Because it's so hard keeping up with all the, you know, that, that final boss fight. Uh, for the Nightfall, the Ordeal, uh, they reduced the weekly completions needed to bring it in line with other challenges. So players now need three completions on Adept, two completions on Hero, or one completion on Legend or Master. For the Director, players can now shortcut directly to their roster by selecting their empty fire team slots, or by invoking the roster shortcut on Director map screens. When an activity is selected, fireteam leaders can navigate left and right to get to quest and roster respectively, then back to return to the selected activity. Eh, it's a pretty nice change there. 
makes it easier to navigate between screens. The seasonal bow mod should now work reliably with Hush, which I'm actually still chasing. <laughs> Fixed an issue where Onslaught could reduce damage at 2 XP Rampage stacks despite not increasing the rate of fire. Adjusted scope feedback and camera shake on hard light firing, just as I mentioned, the only one that matters. Ariana's Vow no longer gets more ammo when swapping from other special ammo weapons in Gambit. Starting ammo in Gambit increased from 6 to 10. They also fixed an issue where swapping from Two-Tailed Fox to another power weapon could generate more ammo than intended. Fixed an issue where Leviathan's Breath started PvE activities with more ammo than intended. And fixed an issue where Xenophage started PvE activities with more ammo than intended. Uh, the changes to armor. The Empowered Finisher Dawn mod will no longer consume super energy if you do not have a mod equipped that is capable of benefiting from the charge with light buff. The Ever Ready Dawn mod will now stack correctly with weapon dexterity leg armor mods applicable to the weapon it covers. The Heavy Handed Dawn mod will no longer trigger after the death of Telesta bolts. Increase the number of enemies that must be near the player to trigger the ammo granting benefit from 2 to 3. Several class item armor mods will now correctly provide diminishing returns when multiple copies of the mod are equipped. These mods include Perpetuation, Innervation, Invigoration, Insulation, and Absolution. Anything with the shin. <laughs> Worm God Caress and Winter's Guile no longer retain the status of their buff if the armor piece isn't equipped. The perk on Syntheseps now deactivates immediately when the armor piece is unequipped. The Transcended Blessing Outlaw mod will now correctly appear in player's inventory. Previously, it would only be visible in the mod flyout when socketing a mod. Grenade Launcher Scavenger will no longer reward special ammo for grenade launchers when the player picks up primary ammo bricks. The last finisher removed from favorites will no longer override the fallback default class finisher. Giddy Laugh Rare Emote now has a valid icon and can be selected for equipping on the emote wheel. Shadowkeep Campaign Exotic Armor no longer has the potential to show up in Xur's weekly inventory. Gunsmith now properly assesses the own status of Unflinching Machine Gun and Unflinching Hand Cannon mods. Changes to Power and Progression. They fixed an issue that caused the amount of XP earned not to show up next to the XP progress bar. This issue may still exist for players after they reach Seasonal Rank 100, but all XP earned will still apply to Seasonal Ranks above 100. It changed the progress bar description on the weekly strike challenge from bounties completed, which was incorrect, to strikes completed. Completion values for some of the destination obelisk weekly bounties have been reduced. Fixed an issue where the green with envy pursuits could stop progressing correctly. Players who were in this state should have their progress updated retroactively. Some of the changes to combat impacted gameplay. They fixed an issue in which Roaring Flames was buffing solar weapon damage while standing in a well of radiance. Fixed an issue in, in which Sunbreaker Titans were able to self-heal by bouncing a throwing hammer off a wall. Fixed an issue that prevented Warlocks from using Blink after switching weapons or cancelling Sprint. Fixed an issue that would sometimes cause a Sunbreaker's Titans Mortar Blast to deal little to no damage. Fixed an issue that allowed Sunbreaker Titans to gain stacks of Roaring Flames by destroying Telesto projectiles. Hacks. Increased the Sunbreaker's Titans Mortar Blast damage by 70% in PvE. Players will remain in spaceflight instead of going to a black screen when they load into a PvP much faster than their peers. Changes to bounties and pursuits, they fixed an issue that could prevent players from obtaining the Black Armor Key Mold quest from Ada 1 on multiple characters. 
Acquisition of Black Armory Rare Bounties significantly improved. Players that complete all available weeklies and daily bounties will acquire a rare bounty within five days. Oh, that's deep. Black Armory Keys taking up space in Pursuits will be removed if a player has already completed the Mysterious Box to Zanagi's Burning Quest chain and unlocked the exotic in their collections. The Gambit Prime Collector Bounty will now progress from picking up Luna Destination materials. Fixed an issue affecting the newest sorting option in Pursuits. Newly acquired quests or quests that get updated will now be properly sorted to the top. And finally, changes, some general changes in collections. The playing the odds gambit emblem will now properly register as unlocked and can be reacquired accordingly. Fixed an issue that was impacting the unveiling triumph. Ares is now ready to present her final lore entry to players who need it. The unveiling lore triumph now correctly reads number 11 lore pieces and will unlock upon obtaining the final lore piece. It fixed an issue where certain randomized dialogue would play more or less frequently than intended. Fixed an issue that was causing notifications to appear again after transferring items using the Bnet D2 API. Improved performance and receiving certain messages from the server. Largest impact will be in the tower, but should help everywhere. And finally, fixed an issue that caused FOTL items to be stuck in the Postmaster as invisible items for some players. Holy cow, that was a lot. But there's certainly a lot of good things. Unfortunately, this new patch also caused several players to lose in-game currency like Glimmer, Legendary Shards, Planetary Materials, and a bunch of other things. But Bungie quickly took action. After the issue was discovered, they took down the servers for maintenance, and they were able to fix it in less than 24 hours. This was actually the first ever rollback in Destiny's history, which is quite impressive, to be honest, for an always online game. But all is good now, so get back out there and keep the grind alive. If you go back to Bungie's roadmap for Season 9, there are three events left. And we only have less than 40 days. On February 4th, we finally find out about the Empyrean Foundation and fight the final Scion boss, Inotum. And similar to last season's uh, Vex Offensive Final Assault, this will be the final season event that pushes the story's narrative into next season. We already know that this will be a community event that all players can contribute by donating their Fractaline using the Tower Albalisk. The event will have seven stages, with each stage requiring more amount to progress, and of course there will be rewards. And by donating your Fractaline, you can get the following. Contributing to the Imperium Foundation will cost you 100 polarized Fractaline. Contributing generates a 25% flat progression for all time lost weapon bounties in your inventory. Your Tower Obelisk will generate Polarized Fractaline for you each week, equivalent to its resonance power. Increase its resonance power by upgrading other Obelisks. Players who donate more than 5,000 Polarized Fractaline before the end of the season will earn a Triumph and Emblem. Everyone can contribute and this event is free for everyone. It doesn't, doesn't require a season pass. Then on February 11th, Crimson Days makes a comeback. So grab yourself a partner and teach Shax how to two-step in the Crucible. Bungie is also teaming up with Twitch Prime to deliver in-game rewards for Destiny 2. So expect about 6 monthly drops, uh, with each drop containing 4 rewards. Right now, you have until February 25th to pick up Suru's Regime, the Coop the Main Ornament for it, the Skyline Flipside Exotic Ghost Shell, and the Unsecured Outcry Exotic Ship. Lately, I've been focusing on all Pinnacle and Ritual weapons, and then I'll be changing my focus to the Sundial Weapon Chase. I promise you... I will not wait until the last week to start chasing for the season's title and triumphs. 
So I got less than 40 days. Let's do it. It's totally doable. Uh, but that's it for now. I tend to play Destiny during the week after work, so if you feel like keeping me company or need any help in any activity, you know, send me a shout. We would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Gamer Loop Radio. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so by following us on Twitter at GamerLoop Radio or send us an email at GamerLoopRadio at gmail.com. You can find additional episodes of GamerLoop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbeam. Thank you for listening to our podcast.